It's not about the money, money, money. We don't need the money, money, money. It's all money. <laughs> Just Forget about the price, price tag. tag. It's not about the a cha-ching, cha-ching. cha-ching. Not, not about, about the uh, bling, bling. <laughs> all right. Hey, it's us. Okay, I need to yawn. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. We have the best intros of all time. Can I just say that? Our energy Because we don't plan them. <laughs> our energy is very consistent. What we want to say is very consistent. And we just really bring it. You're kidding, right? Yeah, I'm kind of kidding. Happy Sunday, everybody. We're going to be jumping into a conversation about the grind mentality and how in America we do this exponentially as an individualistic culture here. Um, it's all about climbing up the ladder, getting that perfect career job, making bands and all that good stuff. But I would say that we're here today to challenge that idea and maybe disagree a little bit. That's right. So let me get it started. As usual, I want to touch on a few things with this, but I guess a good starting point for me is I had a conversation with a friend recently, actually, that was very focused on this. And he's someone that I've known for a few years. We haven't been super close. He moved to the East Coast. There's been a lot going on in his life. But a big thing that he's trying to overcome right now is he's in a serious relationship with a wonderful woman and they love each other. They're doing great. They've made it through some struggles, some hardships, but he's having a hard time being able to let go of some of the things that he feels like bring him security and wanting to have stability before he decides to propose to her and become married. And so I was speaking into him and just trying to encourage him that money is not everything and possessions are not everything. And so the way that I was kind of framing it is just when you think about your life, what really brings you happiness? Is it having another thousand dollars in your bank account? Is that making you happy? Or is it the people that are around you? The the friends that you have, the people you see on a day-to-day basis. Because at least for me, the amount of dollars that I have doesn't make me happy. My happiness doesn't fluctuate based on that. It's more so having Brooklyn in my life, having wonderful friends and mentors. I also just don't love using the word happy. It's like a very fleeing feeling. So I don't know if that's just me. That's true. I mean, and trying to describe it, I think it's easier to attack happiness because happiness is one of the things that is part of the mentality is that that's what people are pursuing. And and that's like sad because it's a myth because it's it enables like the attitude of always needing more, always wanting more and thinking that once we have that more, we'll be more happy. But then once we get to that, we just want more. Like it's never enough. Mm-hmm. So then how do we, how are we set free from it never being enough, whatever that it is? And that's where joy comes into the equation. <laughs> and joy is like happiness, except it is a choice. And joy is something that is not based on circumstance. It's based on what you're anchored in 
And so that's happiness. A, that's a whole nother conversation. Cause true. we talking about the grind. That's and, true. Yeah. So. To put it, to put it simply, happiness comes from comfort. Joy comes from contentment. Yeah. And so when we're talking about the grind mindset, something I was trying to convey to my friend is just that exactly what Brooklyn was saying. There's never a threshold of having enough with anything. Like you can never technically have enough money. You can never technically have enough cars or electronics. Like there's no point. There's no stopping point. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, um, I've had enough experience in my career now to be capable to handle marriage because I'm self-sufficient. And I think, um, having those goals, like that's important. It's good to have goals and it's good to have an idea of like the direction you want to go in. We got married at a young age and I would say it was very 50, 50 on others opinions about that, which didn't matter because that's not why we got married. But, um, there was responses like, oh, you guys are only 22. Are you sure? How do you know at this age? Um, like you have not lived that much life as an adult. And, um, you know, the regular concerns, like are you guys financially in a stable enough place? And are you going to be able to make ends meet? A lot of questions that had to do with things that I believe aren't what hold together a marriage and aren't what bring people through. Um, Because although we have to make money and have money to live, um, gosh, if my identity and my uh, security in this life came from how much money I had and relying on it as uh, something to make me feel like in control, then I would be very disappointed and not in a good headspace, not in a good mindset. Um, because I mean, we're still in a stage of life where our income is not necessarily the exact same every single month. And so it's very freeing to sit back and be like, yeah, I mean, we're making it work one, but two, God's got us. God's taking care of us. We have more than enough. Um, we're li- we, you live within your means and you do what you got to do. Something that you said plays right into what I wanted to say, okay. which was talking about identity. Another aspect of the grind set is, especially in grind America, <laughs> the mindset, the grind set mindset is that we really do turn that into our identity mm-hmm. and people find value in how hard they're working, the things they're pursuing. And so I want to make this very clear. Honey, the hand. Wow. Sorry. I'm still here. I'm going to get up close and personal right now. I'm going to get I'm going to get in your business. The people that I am trying to talk to, I'm trying to relate to whenever we're having conversation, it always starts with how's your job going? What's your job? People make it so much about your job because they really think that your job is your life. Or that like the title or role that you hold and what you do is who you are. And then that's it. That's you. Mm-hmm. That's what defines you. Your value and who you are is so much more than your job. So don't get caught up on that. And also don't get caught up on that when you're trying to talk to other people. 
that leaves everything at a very shallow surface level area. And that's not who Christ calls us to be. That's not who we are in Christ. And so just wanted to have a quick sidebar of that. Well, I was just going to mention that this has been something on our minds a lot recently as college grads only a year ago, because the money question, money, the money question when you graduate is what are you going to do? What do you want to do? What career do you think you want to go after? What's your dream job? Um, And I would say that most people mean well. It's just like a common courtesy almost to ask that. Uh, But it's really overwhelming for a lot of students, whether they find their identity in that or not. Like whether we agree on all of our opinions about work and having a job and all of those things, like that question is stressful and overwhelming for many people. And I've come to find that like college for me was four years of learning and growth and continuing to become who I'm becoming and meeting some amazing people through that. But in my experience, my four years in college was not necessarily a stepping stone to a career. It was not a stepping stone to becoming closer to finding out who I was in relation to a career or a job. Um, I never went in really knowing what I wanted to do. And I wouldn't say that it wasn't my experience getting closer to a specific job because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, but cause I just, that's not me, but I think it goes beyond it being, that's not me. I have come to this realization. I would say not even that. I feel like God has given me a revelation on Brooklyn. You were not designed to be here on this earth to just be a workhorse. And while he's given me specific gifts and talents and he might place me into a specific job to be a conduit for him. Is that how you word that? Although he might use me in a job at some point in my life or use me in several jobs at different points in my life. um, My purpose in being here is not in a job, is not in a career. And people don't like that answer. People don't know how to respond to that because we for so long have built that narrative and mentality into our culture here in the U.S. But again, like we've mentioned in our last um, episode, culturally speaking, globally speaking, gosh, we are so set apart and different here in the U.S. from many other countries and how they do things. And then beyond that, if you proclaim to be a Christian, if you proclaim to have given your life to Christ, what does that actually mean and how are you reflecting that in your life? And for me, um, a new way in which I have felt convicted and have needed to be held accountable is, okay, my purpose is so far beyond a job or a thing that the world defines me by. It's actually as simple as just being. Like it's So it's already so fascinating and so beautiful that God gives me breath in my lungs every single day and just breathing and being is enough. Um, The accomplishments, the drive, the jobs, the relationships, um, the experiences, the trips, the travel, the beauty of nature, those are add-ons and and God's grace is represented in all of those add-ons because we deserve none of it. Um, but he gives us those things, they're gifts. And I think when we see work and a job as a gift, as an opportunity to serve people, it really allows us to hone into another part of who we are. And that's really cool because that part of us that we tap into 
typically is closer to who God made us to be rather than doing what we're doing for our own gain or for the recognition of others or for more money because people fail us. Money is not guaranteed and really not much is guaranteed. So when you find your purpose and your identity and your hope and all these things in something um, that is constant, it's so much more fulfilling. It's so freeing. And for us, for me, that is, okay, God, whatever job you put me in, I'm going to do that in a way that honors you, in a way that serves other people because you've placed me here for a reason. But my identity doesn't come from this. Therefore, at this point in my life, being a nanny, that's amazing. Um, I'm loving it. Some people are like, that's not a long-term job. And for me, I don't know what it is at this point. I don't know if it's going to be long-term or not, but that's not the point because God has me in this position, in this role for a purpose in the little one that I'm watching. Um, She deserves for me to treat that position, that job with the value that it has because I'm helping to uh, shape her. And so it has much more purpose than just the paycheck I'm getting for doing it. Something that you reminded me of when you were talking, when you were um, wrapping that up was about service. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really important thing to talk about is how powerful servanthood is. And actually looking back on my life, some of the moments that have been filled with the most joy because you're only 23, whatever (laughs) have been moments of service when I've been serving others, when I've been in a mindset and heart posture of selflessness, it is so fulfilling and it really draws people close to you. And it's just such a beautiful thing. And I haven't really appreciated it until recently or desired to do that because it's very, countercultural in a culture where it's all about us, all about me, all about what I want. It's not normal to put yourself aside and seek others and seek what they want. Yeah, we just and do the next best thing for ourselves. What makes us happy in the moment? Hmm. Yeah. And in the church, something interesting, This I kind of see this in two aspects. Number one, in the idea of generosity, Um, I think a lot of people think, you know, I'm going to get this great job and earn all this money so that I can have money to give away or like later on in life when I'm wealthy, then I can do great things. Exactly. And I've been given enough, but there's never a point in which you reach enough. Speaking from a Christian standpoint, if you can't do what God's asked you to do with less, you ain't going to be doing it with more. Mm -hmm. Preach. (laughs) Sorry about it. (laughs) sorry not sorry that's true that's good bible so (laughs) but also the same principles stand true outside of a christian perspective so for people where that's not a part of their reality and their lifestyle it still naturally attracts people to be kind through serving others Hmm. because it's a very unapproachable attitude to have um, when you have a boss or a coworker who only cares about themselves and their self-gain um, it makes it very difficult to work with and be around those types of people. So when, but when it comes to service, I see the same attitude as we were talking about with generosity, where 
I don't know, people that I know or just an attitude that I've seen is, well, you know, once I retire and I have more time, then I'll be able to give my time to volunteer, do things that matter, serve other people. And, you know, I want to honor all the people in the church or just people who are older, who are giving their time, sacrificing and volunteering in that way. I think that's awesome. I want to be a person who does that. I want to be part of change as an older person, but that's so it's sad that that's the mindset and it's not, Hey, how come younger people aren't serving? How come you can't have a whole lifelong attitude of being a servant and helping others? So for me, those types of comments, in my opinion, become excuses um, because we have a choice for how to spend our time, but we have also a very difficult time um, separating from, like I was mentioning before, this narrative that we've all been fed. So I would say, even for me, while I have this knowledge of what really matters, I still struggle with the world's expectations and pressures for me. And even like people who care about me might have those expectations for me out of a good place. However, other people did not create me. Other people do not know what's best for me. And I'm going to say something that's controversial. I don't know what's best for me. So I just want to acknowledge that it sounds good. It's much easier said than done to break free from the narrative that we've all been fed or most of us have grown up in as Americans and if you look at America versus other cultures you will see a lot of dialogue about the U.S. specifically when it comes to um, being work obsessed and workaholics like it's kind of joked about but it's so true And I think that seeps into our family life. That seeps into the type of people that we become. But for me, it's not satisfying to be in a perpetual cycle of waking up to go to a nine to five job that pays for the place that I lay my head at at night and then getting up the next morning to do it all over again. That feels like it could become pointless. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want to ignore that God might have you in a job like that for a time and that there can be valuable purpose in that. But It's interesting because the other night I found myself frustrated. I was in a conversation with Nick saying, ah, I have certain passions and dreams and desires that aren't things that make me money. And sadly, work is always put as a priority. But I was frustrated the other night because I was thinking, oh my gosh, the time that it takes to really do this thing well, like if I were to pursue this passion of mine that doesn't make money, I would have to quit my job to really do that to the degree that I would want. I'd have to surrender financial stability possibly in order to do that because that is how much of our time instantaneously gets poured into a job once we take a job, once we have that job. Like it just naturally becomes the top of the list without second thought. And it's so backwards for me at least because – if I'm saying that I don't believe I've been created just to be a workhorse, yet I so easily allow myself to go there the minute I'm committed to a job 
the rest gets thrown out the window and then I am not being who I'm either meant to be or want to be as a wife, as a family member, as a daughter, as a sister, as a friend, um, and as somebody who wants to do all things in my life really, really well and with excellence because that honors God. But we think this stretching thin mentality of I can multitask, I can do it all, I can say yes to everything makes us important, elevates our value, uh, makes us attractive to other people. She can do it all. I just don't think that is creating healthy, functional people. All right, you guys, this week, this podcast was made available and possible by our, none other than one of the best sponsors in the world who's not actually sponsoring us. It is Miss Hannah Booker at Front Door Florals. That's right. As you know, we've been shouting out small local businesses here in Eugene. And this week, we're shouting out our good friend Hannah at Front Door Florals. She does beautiful work, makes great bouquets, and is insanely talented at what she does so go check her out she's on the insta insta and right now she has a storefront out at the vintage industry in springfield so go check her out check out the instagram and order some flowers thank you hannah i guess at a baseline level what i feel like saying is are you putting your security in your job providing for you or are you putting security in god providing for you because those Two different mindsets look very different in and how you, you live. Aren't somebody who puts your trust in God? I understand that. And I acknowledge that we like we have people that we love and people in our lives. And sometimes we even, as people who claim we trust God, struggle with that. Let alone having understanding for people who that's not something that they've been introduced to or that's not something they've been taught and maybe that's not something they do in their life. Maybe they have questions about it. I don't know. I just want to always acknowledge that we have a broad spectrum of listeners. Um, but I will say, I think anybody can sit here and admit that putting your hope and security in something like a job that can be lost or fleeing overnight. I think any of those people can admit that they don't truly feel stable and secure in that because in the back of our heads, we all know we don't really have control over something like a job. Mm -hmm. And that leads to a whole nother conversation of how we manipulate or grasp or do whatever we need to feel like we do have control. Mm. I don't think anybody wants to be that kind of icky person. So I would challenge the people to put their trust in somebody who can actually keep that promise. And there's only one person that can do that, and that's Christ. So... That's where I'm at. But for those who say that's where they put their trust, let's evaluate it. And for those who don't know what that even means or ha or don't, let's talk about it. I mean, even if you don't believe in God, if you think about something as simple as this, which is in scripture, think about the birds. Do birds grow crops? No. Do birds know advanced agriculture? No. <laughs> Do birds have IHOP and Wendy's? Nope. I mean, so, except for those fries that get dropped on the ground in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's a dumb, drawn-out example, but just think about that. Birds are everywhere, and some birds hunt, some birds don't, but the birds are always provided for. They always have sustenance in some shape or form. Even if you don't believe in God, you could acknowledge that that's true. 
And that's important because scripture is clear about the dominion that humans have over animals and over nature. And that's like a whole nother conversation, but we are the only creation that God made like him and in his image. And if you look in Genesis, if you read in Genesis, you'll see that God gives Adam authority over the animals to name them. And that establishes how God sees us um, as greater. Therefore, like Nick was saying, if the birds are taken care of, if the leaves keep coming back, if the lilies keep growing and God cares for us more than shoot, he's going to take care of us too. Um, and that's not to say like throw everything out the window, be completely irresponsible and just quit everything you're doing. That's, that's not what I'm promoting, but just this, this little shift in taking baby steps towards trusting, letting go of and surrendering this control that we feel like we need to have to feel secure and to feel okay and to feel taken care of. Like, oh gosh, there is one outlet for that and he can do it all. And he will never disappoint. He will never let you down because God is set apart from all people. He is perfect and we are not. So we will let you down, but we're going to do our best type of, you know, thing. Basically, the thought that I want to get across is perpetually living in comparison and competition with others is miserable and it's really empty. And I think a big factor of why we do this has comes from the grind mentality. Because if you think about it, that environment, it enables attitudes of competition. It enables attitudes of comparison because it's always about one-upping each other and being the best you can be and being better than, than other people to have the accolades and the accomplishments and more money and the raise and climbing the ladder. So surrendering and letting go of the control we think we need to have in an area such as work and money, not only do we not really have control over that, but when we do let go of it, it releases us into freedom in so many of these other areas like comparison and competing. And who doesn't want that? And what better people and friends and family members can we be if we allow ourselves to have that freedom? Because it's a choice. I guess just to to wrap it up a little bit, I don't have too much more to say, but what I do want to say is don't get so caught up in doing good work that you miss out on doing God's work because that is ultimately what is the most important and that's what's going to bring you fulfillment, can, being content, and joy. Because and, what's it all for? Like seriously, if it's all about making as much money as you can make and getting to the top of whatever job you're in and being the best that you can be, that feels good for a moment, but when it comes to the end of your life, what does it mean? Hmm. It doesn't. We don't take those things with us. We don't take those worldly gains and treasures with us. We only take the eternal things that God created us for, and that is to love him and to love other people and relate hmm. our relationships each other. Making $5 million versus making a lasting impact on five people. Which one is more valuable? I think you know where we stand. 
anyways. But that's not always easy for us to say or feel. Exactly. We, we have our own wants and selfish desires too. Mm-hmm. And of course money is great and helpful. And of course I want to make money. And of course I want to make more. Like I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't, but I would be miserable if my everything came from that. That's true. So thank you for joining us. Obviously we don't have it all figured out. God is redeeming us and our mindsets and just everything in the way that we think when we see the world. And so, yeah, this is going to be a journey and we're excited to be on this journey with you guys. We love you so much. Have grace for yourself. Do your job well. Do it right. But know that it doesn't define you and the money you make doesn't define you. And don't let not feeling like you have enough hold you back from living the life God made you to live. Amen. Peace. Thank you.